Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Well, let's focus a little bit on transit this half hour. Now, on Friday, I was reading the Washington Post, and there was an interesting article in regards to public transit agencies across that state asking for a bailout, uh, saying they face a looming fiscal crisis because of lagging ridership and uh, and other issues, potentially uh, including uh, people not using transit as they much, as they used to in the past because they are working from home. Uh, across the U.S., there was $69 billion dollars in federal emergency funding to keep buses and trains and subways uh, running uh, in the state already right now the transit tra- transit system there uh, is is uh, dealing with potentially two billion dollars in cuts uh, because of their 22 billion dollar deficit and I thought it was a good time to chat with um, the folks here at TransLink and those who help in planning uh, our transit system because what's happening in California and is happening across North America as well. And recently TransLink said that its uh, boardings are at 82% of pre-pandemic levels, so it still needs a bit of help. I want a sense of where we are. Joining me to talk about the issue is Brad West. He's TransLink's, uh, he is the Mayor's Council Chair at TransLink and he's, of course, the Mayor of Port Coquitlam as well. Brad, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jazz. By the way, just quickly put me down as not only yes, but hell yes to a public inquiry on foreign interference. <laughs> no, I, I think there's a, a lot of uh, Canadians, uh, you know, common sense tells you we really should look at the broader issue, not just um, uh, the interference with our our, uh, our, our elections, but uh, how our universities are doing, you know, uh, do, conducting research projects that are funded by China, as you know very well. Uh, uh, you know, look at Australia, country, you know, s- smaller in size when it comes to population, but similar in government, similar in, 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 in mindset. They trade significantly with China, but they've been very strong pushing back on that country. While we have tiptoed around the whole issue, we, we don't need to worry about our Chinese community. They are proud Canadians. We actually need to take all of that stuff, the ethnicity, uh, the, the debates over racism, put it aside, and we actually need to worry about national security and our sovereignty. And we have not been mature enough to get there yet. I think America's there. I think we're slowly getting there, as we, we always do, but we're going to muddle our way to there. And we, this is important discourse, so I'm glad you, glad you gave me your thoughts. And I said it better. Yeah. You nailed it. <laughs> anyway, all, let's, let's talk about issues that impact people every single day, and that's yeah. uh, transit and TransLink. And as I said, in the United States, significant challenges there. Uh, how much help does TransLink need right now in regards to getting through, getting through the next few years? Well, right now, the transit agency is dealing with really a triple whammy. It has, as you mentioned, uh, reduced fare revenue coming its way, although I do want to note that TransLink has seen the fastest and highest uh, recovery in ridership in North America. Mm -hmm. There are places that are in a lot uh, more challenging spot. And, And in fact, what's interesting about TransLink is that the recovery is dis, is uh, diverse across the region. So while overall the system is at about 82% of pre-pandemic levels, there are parts of Metro Vancouver that are over 100% of where they were pre-pandemic, which, by the way, pre-pandemic was not all that hot in terms of 
uh, the quality of service in some of these areas. You had buses that were passing people by. So that's not necessarily the, the goal you want to get back to. But south of the Fraser, particularly in Surrey, is well above where they were pre-pandemic for ridership. Out where I am in the Tri-Cities and the eastern suburbs and Maple Ridge and Pitt Meadows, also beyond 100% ridership. Hmm. So it's different. The, the transportation patterns obviously are changing, uh, and we do see ridership uh, being very strong in certain parts of the region and weaker in other parts. But ridership revenue is down overall. That's the first whammy. The second whammy, of course, is like every person, every family, every business, uh, they're facing increasing inflationary pressures and, and costs. And the third piece is that you're seeing more and more people switch to EVs. And the result of that is declining gas tax revenue for the transit agency. So those three things combined have created a situation where the transit agency, in order to not make reductions to current service levels, uh, needs about $500 million over the next two years to be able to uh, be whole. But really, I think we need to shift the focus in the conversation to a funding model that is going to produce the transportation options that people in Metro Vancouver need and deserve. Quite frankly, it has not kept pace with the growth growth of our region. Uh, there are many communities, including my own, including many south of the Fraser, Delta, Surrey, Langley, etc., that are poorly served or underserved by uh, transit at this uh, point in time. So there's a lot of catching up to do. Mm -hmm. The record that we've had in our region of building one SkyTrain extension every decade tied to some major international event like the Olympics or Expo mm -hmm. is not sufficient given the growth that we are seeing and are going to continue to see over the next number of years. Yeah, and, and I uh, I don't blame TransLink for this, but I still find it appalling that Surrey had, was it four, uh, I think four stops uh, when they initially put the, the Expo line in and they didn't have anything, nothing else was built for I think 20 years and I think Diane Watts brought that up at one point, which I think is a failure of the political class and you know, the provincial uh, leaders uh, in, in, in Surrey, whether they be BC, BC Liberal or NDP, they just didn't lobby hard enough, needed to be pushing some of that. But let me talk to you about the broader issue, the existential funding challenge, which you've brought up here, the EVs. Right now when people gas up, I think it's 17 cents per litre uh, of that uh, gas tax it actually goes to TransLink to fund, uh, for TransLink to move forward. Um, does that entire funding model just need to be thrown out now? And just because, look, I drive an internal combustion engine, so I pay that, uh, but I know the Joe Hall household next vehicle will probably be an EV, uh, which means I won't be paying that 17 cents per litre, which I think a lot of folks are heading in that direction. Uh, does that entire funding model now just need to be thrown out sooner rather than later? Well, I think so, because not only are people naturally making that shift, but provincial and federal policies are going to make it a reality. Um, I, I forget uh, the year uh, in which the, the province has set uh, a mandate that you're no longer going to have gas power vehicles sold by, but there are provincial and federal policies that are going to come into play that are going to lead to an uh, an even more exponential increase in the number of EVs. And so uh, trying to fund a transit agency by having people uh, pay uh, tax, you know, gas tax, and then also property tax. Property tax is the other uh, significant uh, way in which TransLink is funded in our province. 
it's just outdated. It's got us to where we are. Um, and, and I would make this observation. There are billions of dollars in taxes in the form of income tax and sales tax and other uh, taxes and fees that leave Metro Vancouver every single day and go to Victoria and to Ottawa. We are one of the few countries where the federal government is not providing uh, uh, ongoing support for the operating costs of the transit agency. So our view as mayors is we got to get our fair share reinvested into this region where so much of this money is, is leaving Metro Vancouver. It's going to other levels of government. This is a basic need of our region. This is like utilities. This is like mm-hmm. uh, you know, water, sewer, all the rest of it. Uh, it's a building block of, of our region. And we think we need to see investment from those other levels of government uh, to provide people with the options that they deserve. Uh, so the, the conversation was that you need do need help uh, in the in the near term, uh, as you said, because of ridership being down, inflationary costs, and of course, uh, losing some tax dollars due to EVs, and that that is going to speed up, as you say. And I think it was five hundred million dollars in emergency relief needed till twenty twenty five. How confident are you that the provincial government will be providing those dollars to you? Well, I know there have been positive conversations between the province and TransLink. Um, they've been working on a, on a staff-to-staff level. I've certainly had good conversations with uh, Minister Fleming, the Minister of Transportation. Um, no announcement yet, uh, but I think they understand how important uh, the transit agency is to uh, residents in, in Metro Vancouver, and I, I don't think they want to see us have to go down the road of uh, reductions in services particularly because the province, as you know, is really beating the drum on we need to build more housing. They're, you know, that is something mm-hmm. that they are really pushing. And they're saying that uh, not only do we need to build more housing, but municipalities, we're going to bring in legislation that requires this. And if you don't, there could be consequences. Uh, we know that on a federal level, Immigration is being set to a, a record high in terms of a target. We're going to see, uh, you know, by some estimates, um, you know, uh, 50,000 people move to Metro Vancouver a year. I mean, to put that in, into context, that's like the, the size of the city of North Vancouver. And you have to have a transportation system that can accommodate that. So I think they get that. If you're going to see this increasing population, if you're going to be pushing for cities to take on more and more housing, this is a basic core requirement, not a nice to have, but a must have, unless you want everyone to have to drive. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and the sprawl and the congestion that comes with that. And, you know, uh, as someone who uh, relies upon my vehicle to get, to get around, being in a place like Port Coquitlam and getting the kids to school and to hockey and all the rest of it, I mean, it's going to be incredibly frustrating for drivers if you see that increased congestion because the investments haven't been made in the public transit agency. We've run out of time, Brad. Before I go, we, we spent a lot of time on this last week. We saw a significant amount of property tax uh, increase announcements last week. Vancouver, I think it was 9.7. Uh, Surrey was just a stratospheric. <laughs> a lot of that is the policing situation, but 17.5. But I think still 9% of it is still, or 8% of it is still uh, just basic city services. Uh, has your city announced a number yet? Uh, we haven't. We're going to be making an announcement tomorrow, and I can tell you 
we have been working incredibly hard, literally going line by line through our budget, our council, uh, taking the extra time uh, to really do this right. And uh, I'm looking forward to sharing that number tomorrow, and I think uh, the people of Port Coquitlam will be pretty pleased. Uh, if you are, uh, I'm going to ask you right now on the air, can you come on tomorrow? We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what cities are going through right now in regards to property taxes. So we'd love to have you back on tomorrow if we can do that. I'd, I'd love to join you. All right. That, uh, that is locked down. <laughs> Thanks so much, Brad. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Jazz. Appreciate you having me.